Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and uh, what a joy it is to preach the good news to you. May God bless your ears and heart that you have the hope and peace that we have in Jesus Christ, and that the Lord changes your view of the world, that you see things as He does with the love of His Son, Jesus. If you want to support His mission here in St. James through Chicago, go to stjames-lutheran.org and donate. Thank you for listening. I say to you, unless one is born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Talking about uh, baptism uh, this week throughout our whole community, and I'm uh, teaching it with our 7th, 8th graders um, at our school, and uh, Looking over this passage here of Nicodemus, and I, I asked, uh, I began by asking the kids uh, if there's any, they're, they're young, but is there anything that you, if you could do it over again, would you, what would you do? Surely there's something you wish you could do over again, maybe even everything. Uh, maybe do you know what that might be? Do you have something you wish you could take back? Do all over again? Of course, every, them, every one of them blinked at me, stare, you know, stared at me blankly, uh, as if they didn't know what I was talking about. Because, um, you know, they don't do anything wrong that they'd be able to take back, obviously. But uh, I think one of them said uh, the science test. Um, there was that. And as we were talking, and they were thinking about grades and stuff like that, um, it did come up. Somebody, uh, one of these wonderful young ladies said, I wish I wouldn't have done this one thing uh, in class last year. Second, I wish I would have admitted to it right away. So she's kind of getting to the point of what I'm talking about. And as you get older, you probably have even uh, quite a collection of things. Boy, I wish I could do that all over again. And maybe uh, you might even look back and say, man, I wish I could live life all over again. The joke is, uh, the problem is not the choices you're making, it's uh, the choice maker. Uh, I wonder, or you'd screw up your life in a totally different way, uh, but it'd be different, I don't know. But we feel like that, right? You know what I'm talking about. I wonder if that's what Nicodemus thought. He sneaks up in the night to see Jesus, um, probably, well he says, I think it says it, right? He's afraid of, uh, yeah... A man came to see Jesus by night. Oh, no, it doesn't say per se, but he very likely is doing it. He's a Pharisee. The Pharisees were the authorities for the Jews about what's right and wrong and how to interpret the Bible, etc. They had their little arguments, by the way, little debates that pastors like to have. And, uh, but they didn't like Jesus even at this point. Um, so he snuck there. Well, they probably didn't like him because earlier he uh, turned over the tables in the temple. So uh, that didn't uh, go over too well. Um, just like when a pastor comes in and um, peels off the paint. I think it's a similar. No, maybe not quite as crazy, but uh, anyhow. Um, so you already had a bad taste in their mouth. But Nicodemus, there was something, he knew something about this Jesus. But he didn't have the guts, <laughs> like my, some of my 7th, 8th grade boys, to go forward in the daylight and do what's right and talk to Jesus so he snuck around, Right? To see Jesus. But you know what? Let me tell you this. It's okay to sneak 
around to talk to Jesus. That's okay. Jesus doesn't make fun of him. Look at it. So he gets over there, and he says, Rabbi, see Jesus. You got to begin with, you got to butter people up, by the way, if you want to know the secrets of, of life, uh, even uh, Jesus. Rabbi, teacher, what that means. We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Smart. And Jesus, not one to take, um, he never says what you expect him to say. So instead of saying, uh-huh, yep, he says, <laughs> he says, truly, truly, which means mark this down, this is very true, thus the two trulys, but also this is not someone a rabbi, this is not something a rabbi says. When Jesus does truly, truly, he's not quoting uh, a previous commentary, He's speaking something that also is not necessarily in the scriptures that they would have we call the Old Testament. He's going to say something authoritatively, and it's not going to be quoting Isaiah as if he is writing new scripture. So he says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are born again, unless anybody is born all over it, what do you think like that? All over again, he can't even see the reign of God, how God works. Nicodemus just got done saying how he could see something, and uh, Jesus says, you don't know nothing. Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he is old? And sometimes I wonder if he's saying this like, um, not just technically, biologically, scientifically, but He's an older man, he's an authority, he's, an authority. he's in the Sanhedrin, so he's, he's, he's a respected older man. I wonder if he hopes maybe Jesus has an answer for him. I'd love to be born again. I'd like to take back those words. I, I like to be more righteous than I am right now. I'd like to be someone else that I am. What kind of regrets do you have? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And I wonder if he wished he could. And I wonder if you wish that you could do it all over again. Be in your mom's arms again. Be in that place again. Be new and be fresh and not know what you know and not see the things you've seen and not have the fears that you have. Wouldn't it be nice to be born again? That which is born, Jesus says, truly I say to you again, I'm saying this, truly, truly I say to you, unless one's born of water and the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. I love this language. It says a lot. First of all, it's possible, my friends, to be born again. It's possible. You wish you could do it all over again? It's possible. This also says something about humanity and great, smart, wise Nicodemus, that every achievement he has, everything he knows, 
All his righteousness, the Pharisees were big on collecting righteousness, is absolutely worthless to getting into the reign of God. Did you mark, do you see this? Very important here. Paul's not the only one that believes in the gospel or teaches it. Nicodemus and all you've done and all you've accomplished, you have to actually be born all over again. That's how worthless our actions or lack of actions or awards or rewards or things we've done are. I don't mean that in a bad way. We are sinners. And we're not a we're not a fix them up project like some of the houses around here. We're like the house right behind us. <laughs> they couldn't fix it. Well, not to meet Lincoln Park standards. So they tore it down, gone, and raised up a new one. Wouldn't the person who lived in that house love to live in this brand new house? Sounds impossible to Nicodemus, but Jesus goes on and says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I told you, you must be born again. And he goes on. He's talking about baptism, water and the spirit. Paul talks about it in chapter 6. We read it in Romans. When you're baptized, don't you know you were united to Christ's death, he says? killed, died, tore down like that house, and you're united to his resurrection. You're a new person. We're not fix them up projects. We don't need band-aids. We need absolute drowning and gone, raised and raised up again. And that, according to Jesus, is what happens in baptism. And according to Paul, and according to T Timothy, according to Peter, over and over again, baptism is not a symbolic thing. Something's going on there. Something's happening that Jesus is doing, that God is doing, is happening to you. And what I love about what's going on here, this old man here, is he proves the case again that infant baptism is not the exception, it is the rule. Nobody is baptized who does not come to the fountain as a weak, helpless, know-nothing, sinful, absolute, need to be carried in by God or your mom and dad, infant. That's actually how it works. You could be Nicodemus' age, who Jesus says, you got to be born all over again like a little baby, or you could be one of the many little people we're going to be baptizing here in the next month or two. Because salvation and baptism and God's act of bringing you from death to life is absolutely done by him. And you've got nothing to bring to it like that infant who needs to be carried in by the parents. We were all carried in. Maybe as an adult, someone told you about Jesus, and God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, opened your eyes. You heard about baptism. You said, I want to be baptized. It's not because you thought about the whole thing. God absolutely took you from night to day, awoken you, awaked you, and reborn you so that you see the reign of God, which means you see God working in ways you might not have seen before. 
You don't see suffering the same anymore. You actually see it as God's visitation of discipline and loving and slapping around to get you away from the dumb thing you were doing, and you see grace, and you see mercy, and you see the heavens, and you see the beauty of creation, and you see God, and you see a cross, but with baptized eyes, you don't see the end, but you see the beginning. You don't see hate, but you see love. You don't see stay away, but you see God saying, come, you are welcome. All your sins are forgiven. So what does this mean for us today as we walk in the wilderness? How do we utilize baptism? First, it's not something simply that happened in the past, though it did. It's an historic event. You were baptized. That happened just like the Israelites went through the Red Sea. There's no difference. God did something in your life, but it's something that stays with you. You are baptized. I want you to say it again. I am baptized. Let's say it together. I am baptized. You are a new person. You are born again. You began to live eternally when you were baptized, not when you die. And the beauty of this and what gives us joy is this is a tool, this is something, it's a physical thing that we can say, I know God loves me. Why? Because he baptized me personally. It wasn't just a general sermon by the pastor, but it happened to me because my mom told me it happened, or maybe you were baptized as an adult. And every day you can say, I'm baptized. I'm not a sinner. I'm not dying. I'm not a, a nobody. I'm not what the world says I am. I'm not what my sins say that I am. I am loved by God. I'm a child of God. I'm a little baby in God's arms. I am new. And I'm going to live forever because I'm baptized united to Jesus' death and resurrection. Wake up every morning and say that in the mirror. In Jesus' name, amen.